Chapter 4 of Mutual Aid, a Factor of Evolution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Enko. Mutual Aid, a Factor of Evolution by Peter Kropotkin. Chapter 4 Mutual Aid Among the Barbarians. It is not possible to study primitive mankind without being deeply impressed by the sociability it has displayed since its very first steps in life. Traces of human societies are found in the relics of both the oldest and the latest stone age, and when we come to observe the savages whose manners of life are still those of Neolithic men, we find them closely bound together by an extremely ancient clan organization which enables them to combine their individually weak forces to enjoy life in common and to progress. Man is no exception in nature. He also is subject to the great principle of mutual aid which grants the best chances of survival to those who best support each other in the struggle for life. These were the conclusions arrived at in the previous chapters. However, as soon as we come to a higher stage of civilization and refer to history which already has something to say about that stage, we are bewildered by the struggles and conflicts which it reveals. The old bonds seem entirely to be broken. Stems are seen to fight against stems, tribes against tribes, individuals against individuals, and out of this chaotic contest of hostile forces, mankind is used divided into castes, enslaved to despots, separated into states, always ready to wage war against each other. And with this history of mankind in his hands, the pessimist philosopher triumphantly concludes that warfare and oppression are the very essence of human nature, that the warlike and predatory instincts of man can only be restrained within certain limits by a strong authority which enforces peace and thus gives an opportunity to the few and nobler ones to prepare a better life for humanity in times to come and yet as soon as the everyday life of man during the historical period is submitted to a closer analysis and so it has been of late by many patient students of very early institutions it appears at once under quite a different aspect leaving aside the preconceived ideas of most historians and their pronounced predilection for the dramatic aspects of history we see that the very documents they habitually peruse are such as to exaggerate the part of human life given to struggles and to underrate its peaceful moods the bright and sunny days are lost sight of in the gales and storms even in our own time the cumbersome records which we prepare for the future historian in our press our law courts our government officers and even in our fiction and poetry suffer from the same one-sidedness they hand down to posterity the most minute descriptions of every war every battle and skirmish every contest and act of violence every kind of individual suffering but they hardly bear any trace of the countless acts of mutual support and devotion which every one of us knows from his own experience they hardly take notice of what makes the very essence of our daily life our social instincts and manners no wonder then if the records of the past were so imperfect the analysts of all never failed to chronicle the petty wars and calamities which harassed their contemporaries but they paid no attention whatever to the life of the masses although the masses chiefly used to toil peacefully while the few indulged in fighting the epic poems the inscriptions on monuments the treaties of peace nearly all historical documents bear the same character they deal with breaches of peace not with peace itself so that the best intentioned historian unconsciously draws a distorted picture of the time he endeavours to depict and to restore the real proportion between conflict and union we are now bound to enter into a minute analysis of thousands of small facts and faint indications accidentally preserved in the relics of the past to interpret them with the aid of comparative ethnology and after having heard so much about what used to divide men to reconstruct stone by stone the institutions which used to unite them here long history will have to be rewritten on new lines so as to take into account these two currents of human life and to appreciate the part played by each of them in evolution but in the meantime we may avail ourselves of the immense preparatory work recently done towards restoring the leading features of the second current so much neglected from the better known periods of history we may take some illustrations of the life of the masses in order to indicate the part played by mutual support during those periods and in so doing we may dispense open bracket for the sake of brevity close bracket from going as far back as the egyptian or even the greek and roman antiquity for in fact the evolution of mankind has 
has not had the character of one unbroken series. Several times civilization came to an end in one given region with one given race and began anew elsewhere among other races. But as each fresh thought it began again with the same clan institutions which we have seen among the savages, so that if we take the lost thought of our own civilization when it began afresh in the first centuries of our era among those whom the Romans called the barbarians, we shall have the whole scale of evolution beginning with the gents and ending in the institutions of our own time. To these illustrations, the following pages will be devoted. Men of science have not yet settled upon the causes which some 2,000 years ago drove whole nations from Asia into Europe and resulted in the great migrations of barbarians, which put an end to the West Roman Empire. One cause, however, is naturally suggested to the geographer as he contemplates the ruins of populous cities in the deserts of Central Asia or follows the old beds of rivers now disappeared and the wide outlines of lakes now reduced to the size of it is desiccation, a quite recent desiccation, continued still at a speed which we formerly were not prepared to admit. Footnote. Numberless traces of post-Pliocene lakes now disappeared or found over Central, West and North Asia. Shells of the same species as those now found in the Caspian Sea were scattered over the surface of the soil as far east as halfway to Lake Aral and are found in recent deposits as far north as Kazan. Traces of Caspian Gulf, formerly taken for all beds of the Amu, intersect the Turkoman territory. Deduction must surely be made for temporary periodical oscillations, but with all that, desiccation is evident, and it progresses at a formerly unexpected speed, even in the relatively wet parts of southwest Siberia. The succession of reliable surveys recently published by Yadrintsev shows that villages have grown up on what was, 80 years ago, the bottom of one of the lakes of the Chani group while the other lakes of the same group, which covered hundreds of square miles some 50 years ago, are now mere ponds. In short, the desiccation of Northwest Asia goes on at a rate which must be measured by centuries instead of by the geological units of time, of which we formerly used to speak. Against it, man was powerless. When the inhabitants of northwest Mongolia and east Turkestan saw that water was abandoning them, they had no course open to them but to move down the broad valleys leading to the lowlands and to thrust westwards the inhabitants of the plains. Footnote. Whole civilizations had thus disappeared, as is proved now by the remarkable discoveries in Mongolia on the Okon and in the Lokchen Depression open bracket, by Dimitri Clemens. Close bracket. Stems after stems were thus thrown into Europe, compelling other stems to move and to remove for centuries in succession, westwards and eastwards, in search of new and more or less permanent abodes. Races were mixing with races during those migrations, aborigines with immigrants, Orients with rural Altaians, and it would have been no wonder if the social institutions which had kept them together in their mother countries had been totally wrecked during the stratification of races which took place in Europe and Asia. But they were not correct, they simply underwent the modification which was required by the new conditions of life. The Teutons, the Celts, the Scandinavians, the Slavonians and others, when they first came in contact with the Romans, were in a transitional state of social organization. The clan unions, based upon a real or supposed common origin, had kept them together for many thousands of years in succession. But these unions could answer their purpose so long only as there were no separate families within the gens or clan itself. However, for causes already mentioned, a separate patriarchal family had slowly but steadily developed within the clans and in the long run it evidently meant the individual accumulation of wealth and power and the hereditary transmission of both the frequent migrations of the barbarians and the ensuing wars only hastened the division of the gents into separate families while the dispersing of stems and their mingling with strangers offered singular facilities for the ultimate disintegration of those unions which were based upon kinship the barbarians were stood in a position of either seeing their clans dissolve into loose aggregations of families of which the wealthiest especially if combining sacerdotal functions or military repute with wealth would have succeeded in imposing their authority upon the others or of finding out some new form of organization based upon some new principle many stems had no force to resist disintegration they broke up and were lost for history but the more vigorous ones did not disintegrate 
they came out of the ordeal with a new organization the village community which kept them together for the next fifteen centuries or more the conception of a common territory appropriated or protected by common efforts was elaborated and it took the place of the vanishing conceptions of common descent the common gods gradually lost their character of ancestors and were endowed with a local territorial character they became the gods or saints of a given locality the land was identified with its inhabitants territorial unions grew up instead of the consanguine unions of all and this new organization evidently offered many advantages under the given circumstances it recognized the independence of the family and even emphasized it the village community disclaiming all rights of interference in what was going on within the family enclosure it gave much more freedom to personal initiative it was not hostile in principle to union between men of different descent and it maintained at the same time the necessary cohesion of action and fought while it was strong enough to oppose the dominative tendencies of the minorities of wizard priest and professional or distinguished warriors consequently it became the primary cell of future organization and with many nations the village community has retained this character until now it is now known and scarcely contested that the village community was not a specific feature of the slavonians nor even of the ancient teutons it prevailed in england during both the saxon and norman times and partially survived till the last century Open footnote. If I follow the opinions of open bracket to name modern specialists only, close bracket, Nars Kovalevsky and Vinogradov, and not those of Mr. Sibom, open bracket, Mr. Denman Ross can only be named for the sake of completeness, close bracket, it is not only because of the deep knowledge and, and concordance of views of these three writers, but also on account of their perfect knowledge of the village community altogether, a knowledge the want of which is much felt in the otherwise remarkable work of Mr. Sibom. The same remark applies in a still higher degree to the most elegant writings of Fustel de Coulanges, whose opinions and passionate interpretations of all texts are confined to himself. It was at the bottom of the social organization of all Scotland, all Ireland, and all Wales. In France, the communal possession and the communal allotment of arable land by the village folkmold persisted from the first centuries of our era till the times of Turgot, who find the folkmolds too noisy and therefore abolished them. It survived Roman rule in Italy and revived after the fall of the Roman Empire. It was the rule with the Scandinavians, the Slavonians, the Finns, open bracket, in the Pitaya, as also probably the Kila Kunta, close bracket, the Kurs and the Lives. The village community in India, past and present, Aryan and non-Aryan, is well known for the epoch-making works of Sir Henry Main and Ephilstone as described it among the Afghans. We also find it in the Mongolian Ulus, the Kabyl Tadort, the Javanese Desa, the Malayan Kota or Tofa, and under a variety of names in Abyssinia, the Sudan, in the interior of Africa, with natives of both Americans, with all the small and large tribes of the Pacific archipelagos. In short, we do not know one single human race or one single nation which has not had its period of village communities. This fact alone disposes of the theory according to which the village community in Europe would have been a servile growth. It is anterior to serfdom, and even servile submission was powerless to break it. It was a universal phase of evolution, a natural outcome of the clan organization, with all those stems at least which have played or play still some part in history. Open footnote. The literature of the village community is so vast that but a few works can be named. Those of Sir Henry Main, Mr. Seabom, and Walter's Dust, Alte Wallis, Burn, 1859, close bracket or well-known popular sources of information about Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. For France, P. Violet, Précédé l'histoire du droit français, droit privé, 1886, and several of his monographs in Bibliothèque de l'école des Chartes, Babou, Le Village sous l'Ancien Régime, Open Bracket, Vermeer in the 18th Century, Close Bracket, Third Edition, 1887, Bonne Mère, Daniel, etc., for Italian Scandinavia. The chief works are named in La Vellaise, Primitive Property, German version by K. Butcher. For the Finns, Rens Forelasnigung, first, 16, Koskinen, Finnish, Geskitsch, 1874, and various monographs. For the Lives and Cause, Professor Lutchitskis in Servenia, Vesnil, 1891. For the Teutons, besides the well-known works of Morea, some open bracket, or Dutch, Richardson, Gerrit, Vefazung, close bracket, also Dan, open bracket, Uzet, Volkerwaderung, Langobordisch, Tudian, close bracket, Janssen, Wilch, Arnold, etc. For India, besides H. Main and the works he names, Sir John Fears, Orient Village, 
Porusha and South Slavonians, Sika Velin, Posnikov, Sokolovsky, Kovalevsky, Efimenko, Ivanishev, Klaus, etc. By biographical index up to 1880 in the Shonik-Svedeni ob of the Russian Geographical Society. For general conclusions, besides Lavelais, Propriété, Morgan's Ancient Society, Lipiat's Kulturgeschicht, Post, Dogwood, etc., also the lectures of M. Kovalevsky, open bracket, Table des origines et de l'évolution de la famille et de la propriété, Stockholm, 1890, close bracket, many special monographs ought to be mentioned. Their titles may be found in the excellent list given by P. Violet in Droit Privé and Droit Public. For other research, see subsequent notes. Close footnote. It was a natural growth and an absolute uniformity in its structure was therefore not possible. As a rule, it was a union between families considered as of common descent and owning a certain territory in common. But with some stems and under certain circumstances, the families used to grow very numerous before they threw off new buds in the shape of new families five six or seven generations continue to live under the same roof or within the same enclosure owning the joint household and cattle in common and taking their meals at the common hearth they kept in such case to what ethnology knows as the joint family or the undivided household which we still see all over china in india in the south slavonian zadruga and occasionally find in africa in america in denmark in north russia and west france open footnote several authorities are inclined to consider the joint household as an intermediate stage between the clan and the village community and there is no doubt that in very many cases village communities have grown up out of undivided families nevertheless i consider the joint household as a fact of a different order we find it within the gents on the other hand we cannot affirm that joint families have existed at any period without belonging either to a gents or to a village community or to a go i conceive the early village communities as slowly originating directly from the gents and consisting according to racial and local circumstances either of several joint families or of both joint and simple families or open bracket especially in the case of new settlements close bracket of simple families only if this view be correct we should not have the right of establishing the series gens compound family village community the second member of the series having not the same ethnological value as the two others see appendix ninth close footnote with other stems or in other circumstances not yet well specified the families did not attain the same proportions the grandson and occasionally the sons left the household as soon as they were married and each of them started a new cell of his own but joint or not clustered together or scattered in the woods the families remained united in, into village communities several villages were grouped into tribes and the tribes joined into confederations such was the social organizations which developed among the so-called barbarians when they began to settle more or less permanently in europe a very long evolution was required before the gens or clans recognized the separate existence of a patriarchal family in a separate hut but even after that had been recognized the clan as a rule knew no personal inheritance of property the few things which might have belonged personally to the individual were either destroyed on his grave or buried with him the village community on the contrary fully recognized the private accumulation of wealth within the family and its hereditary transmission but wealth was conceived exclusively in the shape of movable property including cattle implements arms and the dwelling house which like all things that can be destroyed by fire belong to the same category open footnote stop beatrach zoo geskitch which page 62 close footnote as to private property in land the village community did not and could not recognize anything of the kind and as a rule it does not recognize it now the land was the common property of the tribe or of the whole stem and the village community itself owned its part of the tribal territory so long only as the tribe did not claim a redistribution of the village allotments the clearing of the woods and the breaking of the prairies being mostly done by the communities or at least by the joint work of several families always with the consent of the community the cleared plots were held by each family for a term of four twelve or twenty years after which term they were treated as parts of their arable land owning common private property or possession forever was an incompatible with the very principles and the religious conceptions of the village community as it was with the principles of the gens so that a long influence of the roman law and the christian church which soon accepted the roman principles were required to accustom the barbarians to the idea of private property in land being possible 
the few traces of private property in land which are met with in the early barbarian period are found with such stems the batavians the franks in gaul as have been for a time under the influence of imperial rome see inama stianex die osbildung der grossen grunherrschaften in dutchland first also brisselia newbrook nach dem alteren dutchland rec pages 11 to 12 quoted by kovalevsky modern custom and ancient law moscow 1886 first 134 and yet even when such property or possession for an unlimited time was recognized the owner of a separate estate remained a co-proprietor in the wastelands of forests and grazing grounds moreover we continually see especially in the history of russia that when a few families acting separately had taken possession of some land belonging to tribes which were treated as strangers they were soon united together and constituted a village community which in the third or fourth generation began to profess a community of origin a whole series of institutions partly inherited from the clan period have developed from that basis of common ownership of land during the long succession of centuries which was required to bring the barbarians under the dominion of states organized upon the roman or byzantine pattern the village community was not only a union for guaranteeing to each one his fair share in the common land but also a union for common culture for mutual support in all possible forms for protection from violence and for a further development of knowledge national bonds and moral conceptions and every change in the judicial military educational or economical manners had to be decided at the folk notes of the village the tribe or the confederation the community being a continuation of the gens it inherited all its functions it was the universitas the mere a world in itself common hunting common fishing and common culture of the orchards of the plantations of fruit trees was the rule with the old gens common agriculture became the rule in the barbarian village communities True a direct testimony to this effect is scarce and in the literature of antiquity we only have the passages of diodorus and julius caesar relating to the inhabitants of the lipari islands one of the celt iberian tribes and the swaves but there is no lack of evidence to prove that common agriculture was practiced among some Teuton tribes the franks and the old scotch irish and welsh Moreas, Mark Genusen, Chef Lamprech, Wirtschaft und Recht der Franken, so that they have stretched in history. Tashen Book, 1883, Sibums, the English Village Community, Chapter 6, 7, and 9. As to the later survivals of the same practice, they simply are countless. Even in perfectly Romanized France, common culture was habitual some five and twenty years ago in the Morbihan open bracket britanny close bracket open footnote le tourneau in bulletin de la société d'anthropologie 1888 volume 11 page 476 close footnote the old welsh or joint team as well as the common culture of the land allotted to the use of the village sanctuary are quite common among the tribes of caucasus the least touched by civilization open footnote walter das alte wallis page 323 dm bakrads and n kudadov in russian zapiski of the caucasian geographical society 14th part first close footnote and like facts are of daily occurrence among the russian peasants moreover it is well known that many tribes of brazil central america and mexico used to cultivate their fields in common and that the same habit is widely spread among some malayans in new caledonia with several negro stems and so on open footnote bancroft's native races with anthropology third 423 montrosure in bulletin société d'anthropologie 1870 post student etc in short communal culture is so habitual with many orion ural altaian mongolian negro red indian malian and melanesian stems that we must consider it as a universal though not as the only possible form of primitive agriculture open footnote a number of works by ori duro ludes and sylvestre on the village community in annam proving that it has had there the same forms as in germany or russia is mentioned in a review of these works by jobe duval in nouvelle revue historique de droit français et étranger october and december 1896 a good study of the village community of peru before the establishment of the power of the incas has been brought out by henrik cuneo ben bracket der social verfassung des incare tut god 1896 close bracket the communal possession of land and communal culture are described in that work 
Communal cultivation does not, however, imply by necessity communal consumption. Already under the clan organization, we often see that when the boats laden with fruits or fish return to the village, the food they bring in is divided among the huts and the long houses inhabited by either several families or the youth and is cooked separately at each separate hearth. The habit of taking meals in a narrow circle of relatives or associates thus prevails at an early period of clan life. It became the rule in the village community. Even the food grown in common was usually divided between the households of the part of it had been laid in store for communal use. However, the tradition of communal meals was piously kept alive. Every available opportunity, such as the commemoration of the ancestors, the religious festivals, the beginning and the end of fieldwork, the births, the marriages and the funerals, being seized upon to bring the community to a common meal. Even now, this habit, well known in this country as the harvest supper is the last to disappear on the other hand even when the fields had long since ceased to be tiled and sown in common a variety of agricultural work continued and continues still to be performed by the community some part of the communal land is still cultivated in many cases in common either for the use of the destitute or for refiling the communal stores or for using the produce at the religious festivals the irrigation canals are digged and repaired in common the communal meadows are mown by the community and the sight of a russian commune mowing a meadow the men rivaling each other in their advance with a sieve while the women turn the grass over and throw it up into heaps is one of the most inspiring sights it shows what human work might be and ought to be the hay in such case is divided among the separate households and it is evident that no one has the right of taking hay from a neighbor's stack without his permission but the limitation of this last rule among the caucasian ossets is most noteworthy when the cuckoo cries and announces that spring is coming and that the meadows will soon be clothed again with grass everyone in need has the right of taking from a neighbor's stack the hay he wants for his cattle open footnote kovalevsky modern custom and ancient law first one hundred and fifty close footnote the old communal rights are thus reasserted as if to prove how contrary and brutal individualism is to human nature when the european traveller lands in some small island of the pacific and seeing at the distance a grove of palm trees walks in that direction he is astonished to discover that the little villages are connected by roads paved with big stones quite comfortable for the unshod natives and very similar to the old roads of the swiss mountains such roads were traced by the barbarians all over europe and one must have travelled in wild thinly peopled countries far away from the chief lines of communication to realize in full the immense work that must have been performed by the barbarian communities in order to conquer the woody and marshy wilderness which europe was some two thousand years ago isolated families having no tools and weak as they were could not have conquered it the wilderness would have overpowered them village communities alone working in common could most of the wild forests the sinking marshes and the endless steppes the rough roads but theory the wooden bridges taken away in the winter and rebuilt after the spring flood was over the fences and the palisaded walls of the villages the urban forts and the small towers with which the territory was dotted all these were the work of the barbarian communities and when a community grew numerous it used to throw off a new bud a new community arose at a distance thus step by step bringing the woods and the steps under the dominion of men the whole making of european nations was such a budding of the village communities even nowadays the russian peasants if they are not quite broken down by misery migrate in communities and they till the soil and build the house in common when they settle on the banks of the Amur or in manitoba and even the english when they first began to colonize america used to return to the old system they grouped into village communities open footnote palfrey history of new england second thirteen quoted in Maine's village communities new york eighteen seventy six page two hundred and one close footnote the village community was the chief arm of the barbarians in their hard struggle against a hostile nation it also was the bond they opposed to oppression by the cunningest and the strongest which so easily might have developed during those disturbed times the imaginary barbarian the man who fights and kills at his mere caprice existed no more than the bloodthirsty savage the real barbarian was living on the contrary under a wide series of institutions 
imbued with considerations as to what may be useful or noxious to his tribe or confederation and these institutions were piously handed down from generation to generation in verses and songs in proverbs or triads in sentences and instructions the more we study them the more we recognize the narrow bonds which united men in their villages every quarrel arising between two individuals was treated as a communal affair even the offensive words that might have been uttered during a quarrel being considered as an offence to the community and its ancestors they had to be repaired by amends made both to the individual and the community open footnote konig's water etudes sur le développement des sociétés humaines paris 1850 and if a quarrel ended in a fight and wounds the man who stood by and did not interpose was treated as if he himself had inflicted the wounds Open footnote. this is at least the law of the kalmuks whose customary law bears the closest resemblance to the laws of the teutons the old slavonians etc Close footnote. the judicial procedure was imbued with the same spirit every dispute was brought first before mediators or arbiters and it mostly ended with them the arbiters playing a very important part in barbarian society but if the case was too grave to be settled in this way it came before the folk mode which was bound to find the sentence and pronounce it in a conditional form that is such compensation was due if the wrong be proved and the wrong had to be proved or disclaimed by six or twelve persons confirming or denying the fact by oath ordeal being resorted to in case of contradiction between the two sets of jurors such procedure which remained in force for more than two thousand years in succession speaks volume for itself it shows how close were the bonds between all members of the community moreover there was no other authority to enforce the decisions of the folk mode besides its own moral authority the only possible menace was that the community might declare the rebel and outlaw but even this menace was reciprocal a man discontented with the folk mode could declare that he would abandon the tribe and go over to another tribe a most dreadful menace as it was sure to bring all kinds of misfortunes upon a tribe that might have been unfair to one of its members open footnote the habit is enforced still with many african and other tribes Close footnote. a rebellion against a right decision of the customary law was simply inconceivable as henry Mann has so well said because law morality and fact could not be separated from each other in those times open footnote village communities pages 65 268 and 199 the moral authority of the commune was so great that even at a much later epoch when the village communities fell into submission to the feudal lord they maintained their judicial powers they only permitted the lord or his deputy to find the above conditional sentence in accordance with the customary law he had sworn to follow and to levy for himself a fine bracket the thread close bracket due to the commune but for a long time the lord himself if he remained a co-proprietor in the wasteland of the commune submitted in communal affairs to his decisions noble or ecclesiastic he had to submit to the folk mode where dazelps was here on wed genus mus gehosam same who enjoys here the right of water and pasture must obey was the old saying even when the peasants became self under the lord he was bound to appear before the folk mode when they summoned him open footnote Mourier, open bracket just there mark their fasson sections twenty nine ninety seven close bracket is quite decisive upon this subject he maintains that all members of the community the like and clerical lords as well often also the partial co-possessors open bracket mark tight close bracket and even strangers to the mark were submitted to its jurisdiction open bracket page three hundred and twelve close bracket this conception remained locally in force up to the fifteenth century in their conceptions of justice the barbarians evidently did not much differ from the savages they also maintained the idea that a murder must be followed by putting the murderer to death that wounds had to be punished by equal wounds and that the wrong family was bound to fulfil the sentence of the customary law this was a holy duty a duty towards the ancestors which had to be accomplished in broad delight never in secrecy and rendered widely known therefore the most inspired passages of the sagas and epic poetry 
altogether are those which glorify what was supposed to be justice the gods themselves join in aiding it however the predominant feature of barbarian justice is on the one hand to limit the numbers of persons who may be involved in a flood and on the other hand to extirpate the brutal idea of blood for blood and wounds for wounds by substituting for it the system of compensation the barbarian codes which were collections of common law rules written down for the use of judges thus permitted then encouraged and at last enforced compensation instead of revenge water lock seat page fifty g frapp historical law tracts london eighteen forty three page one hundred and six close footnote the compensation has however been totally misunderstood by those who represented it as a fine and as a sort of carte blanche given to the rich man to do whatever he liked the compensation money open bracket where guilt close bracket which was quite different from the fine or thread open footnote Konig's water has shown that the thread originated from an offering which had to be made to appease the ancestors later on it was paid to the community for the breach of peace and still later to the church or king or lord when they had appropriated to themselves the right of the community Footnote, was habitually so high for all kinds of active offences that it certainly was no encouragement for such offences in case of a murder it usually exceeded all the possible fortune of the murderer eighteen times eighteen cows is the compensation with the ossets who do not know how to reckon above eighteen while with the african tribes it attains eight hundred cows or hundred camels with their young or four hundred and sixteen sheep in the poorer tribes open footnote post bostein and africanich jurisprudence oldenburg eighteen eighty seven volume first pages sixty four sequence kovalevsky Lockseat, second one hundred and sixty four to one hundred and eighty nine in the great majority of cases the compensation money could not be paid at all so that the murderer had no issue but to induce the wrong family by repentance to adopt him even now in the caucasus when floods come to an end the offender touches with his lips the breast of the oldest woman of the tribe and becomes a milk brother to all men of the wrong family open footnote o miller and m kovalevsky in the mountaineer communities of kobordia in vesnik evropi april eighteen eighty four with the chaks events of the mugan steppe blood floods always and by marriage between the two hostile sides open bracket markov in appendix to the zapiski of the caucasian geographical society fourteenth one twenty one close bracket with several african tribes he must give his daughter or sister in marriage to some of the family with other tribes he is bound to marry the woman whom he has made a widow and in all cases he becomes a member of the family whose opinion is taken in all important family matters open footnote post in african jurisprudence gives a series of facts illustrating the conceptions of equality in rooted among the african barbarians the same may be said of all serious examinations into barbarian common law Close footnote. far from acting with disregard to human life the barbarians moreover knew nothing of the horrid punishments introduced at a later epoch by the like and canonic laws under roman and byzantine influence for if the saxon code admitted the death penalty rather freely even in cases of incendiarism and and armed robbery the other barbarian codes pronounced it exclusively in cases of betrayal or one skin and sacrilege against the community's gods as the only means to appease the gods all this has seen is very far from the supposed moral dissoluteness of the barbarians on the contrary we cannot but admire the deeply moral principles elaborated within the early village communities which found their expression in welsh triads in legends about king arthur in brehon commentaries open footnote see the excellent chapter le droit de la vieille yalonne open bracket also le honneur close bracket in étude de droit international et de droit politique by professor eunice bruxelles eighteen ninety six close footnote in all german legends and so on or find still their expression in the sayings of the modern barbarians in his introduction to the story of burnt nigel george dasent very justly sums up as follows the qualities of a northman as they appear in the sagas to do what lay before him openly and like a man without fear of either foes fiends or fate to be free and daring in all his deeds to be gentle and generous to his friends and kinsmen to be stern and grim to his foes open bracket those who are under the legs Close bracket, but even towers them to fulfil all bounded duties to be no truce breaker no tail-bearer no backbiter to utter nothing against any man that he would not dare to tell him to his face to turn no man from his door who sought food or shelter even though he were a foe 
Then footnote introduction page thirty fifth close footnote the same or still better principles permeate the welsh epic poetry and triads to act according to the nature of mildness and the principles of equality without regard to the foes or to the friends and to repair the wrong of the highest duties of men evil is death good is life exclaimed the poet legislator one footnote das art wallis pages three hundred and forty three two three hundred and fifty close footnote the world would be full if agreements made on lips were not honorable the brehon law says and the humble shamanist mordovian after having praised the same qualities will add moreover in his principles of customary law that among neighbours the cow and the milking jaw are in common that the cow must be milked for yourself and him who may ask milk that the body of a child reddens from the stroke but the face of him who strikes reddens from shame Open footnote. May enough sketches of the judicial practices of the Moldovians in the ethnographical Zapiski of the Russian Geographical Society, 1885, pages 236-257. Close footnote. And so on. Many pages might be filled with like principle expressed and followed by the barbarians. One feature more of the old village communities deserves a special mention. It is the gradual extension of a circle of men, embraced by the feelings of solidarity, not only the tribes federated into stems, but the stems as well, even though of different origin, joined together in confederations. Some unions were so close that, for instance, the vandals of the part of their confederation had left for the Rhine, and thence went over to Spain and Africa, respected for forty consecutive years the landmarks and the abandoned villages of their confederation and did not take possession of them until they had ascertained through envoys that their confederates did not intend to return with other barbarians the soil was cultivated by one part of the stem while the other part fought on or beyond the frontiers of the common territory as to the leagues between several stems they were quite habitual the cucumbers united with the cherusks and the swaves the quads with the sarmats the sarmats with the alans the corps and the huns later on we also see the conception of nations gradually developing in europe long before anything like a state had grown in any part of the continent occupied by the barbarians these nations for it is impossible to refuse the name of a nation to the merovingian france or to the russia of the eleventh and twelfth century were nevertheless kept together by nothing else but a community of language and a tacit agreement of the small republics to take their dukes from none but one special family wars were certainly unavoidable migration means wars but sir henry Maine has already fully proved in his remarkable study of the tribal origin of international law that man has never been so ferocious or so stupid as to submit to such an evil as war without some kind of effort to prevent it and he has shown how exceedingly great is the number of ancient institutions which bear the marks of a design to stand in the way of war or to provide an alternative to it Open footnote. henry Maine, international law london eighteen eighty eight pages eleven to thirty in nice les origines du droit international bruxelles 1894 in reality man is so far from the warlike being he is supposed to be that when the barbarians had once settled they so rapidly lost the very habits of warfare that very soon they were compelled to keep special dukes followed by special scholars or bands of warriors in order to protect them from possible intruders they preferred peaceful toy to war the very peacefulness of men being the cause of the specialization of the warrior's trade which specialization resulted later on in serfdom and in all the wars of the state's period of human history history finds great difficulties in restoring to life the institutions of the barbarians at every step the historian meets with some faint indication which he is unable to explain with the aid of his own documents only but a broad light is thrown on the past as soon as we refer to the institutions of the very numerous tribes which are still living under a social organization almost identical with that of our barbarian ancestors here we simply have the difficulty of choice because the islands of the pacific the steppes of asia and the tablelands of africa are real historical museums containing specimens of all possible intermediate stages which mankind has lived through when passing from the savage gents up to the state's organization 
Let us then examine a few of those specimens. If we take the village communities of the Mongol Buryats, especially those of the Kudings steppe on the upper Lina, which have better escaped Russian influence, we have fair representatives of barbarians in a transitional state between cattle breeding and agriculture. Open footnote. A Russian historian, the Kazan professor Chapov, who was exiled in 1862 to Siberia, has given a good description of their institutions in the Ifspecia of the East Siberian Geographical Society, Volume 5, 1874. Close footnote. These Buryats are still living in joint families. That is, although each son, when he is married, goes to live in a separate hut, the huts of at least three generations remain within the same enclosure, and the joint family work in common in their fields and own in common their joint households and their cattle as well as their calves grounds open bracket small fence patches of soil kept under soft grass for the rearing of calves close bracket as a rule the meals are taken separately in each hut but when meat is roasted all the twenty to sixty members of a joint household feast together several joint households which live in a cluster as well as several smaller families settled in the same village mostly debris of joint households accidentally broken up make the ulus of the village community several ulusus make a tribe and the forty-six tribes or clans of the kuding steppe are united into one confederation smaller and closer confederations are entered into as necessity arises for special ones by several tribes they know no private property in land the land being held in common by the ulus or rather by the confederation and if it becomes necessary the territory is reallocated between the different ulusers at a folk mode of the tribe and between the forty-six tribes at a folk mode of confederation it is worthy of note that the same organization prevails among all the 250,000 buryats of east siberia although they have been for three centuries under russian rule and are well acquainted with russian institutions with all that inequalities of fortune rapidly develop among the buryats especially since the russian government is giving an exaggerated importance to their elected tarishas open bracket princes close bracket whom it considers as responsible tax collectors and representatives of the confederations in their administrative and even commercial relations with the russians the channels for the enrichment of the few are thus many while the impoverishment of a great number goes hand in hand through the appropriation of the buryat lands by the russians but it is a habit with the buryats especially those of kudings and habit is more than law that if a family has lost its cattle the richer families give it some cows and horses that it may recover as to the destitute man who has no family he takes his meals in the huts of his congeners he enters the hut takes by right not for charity his seed by the fire and shares the meal which always is scrupulously divided into equal parts he sleeps where he has taken his evening meal altogether the russian conquerors of siberia were so much struck by the communistic practices of the buryats that they gave them the name of Bratskis, the brotherly ones and reported to moscow with them everything is in common whatever they have is shared in common even now when the little buryats sell their wheat or send some of their cattle to be sold to a russian butcher the families of the ulus or the tribe put their wheat and cattle together and sell it as a whole each ulus has moreover its grain store for loans in case of need its communal baking oven open bracket the four banal of the all french communities close bracket and its blacksmith who like the blacksmith of the indian communities open footnote sir henry Mayne's village communities new york 1876 pages 193 to 196 close footnote being a member of the community is never paid for his work within the community he must make it for nothing and if he utilizes his spare time for fabricating the small plates of chiseled and silvered iron which are used in buryat land for the decoration of dress he may occasionally sell them to a woman from another clan but to the women of his own clan the attire is presented as a gift selling and buying cannot take place within the community and the rule is so severe that when a richer family hires a laborer the laborer must be taken from another clan or from among the russians this habit is evidently not specific to the buryats it is so widely spread among the modern barbarians orion and ural altaian that it must have been universal among our ancestors the feeding of union within the confederation is kept alive by the common interest of the tribes their folk molds and the festivities which are usually kept in connection with the folk molds the same feeling is however maintained by another institution the abba or common hut which is a reminiscence of a very remote past every autumn 
the forty-six clan of Goodings come together for such a hunt, the produce of which is divided among all the families. Moreover, national abbas to assert the unity of the whole Buryat nation are convoked from time to time. In such cases, all Buryat clans, which are scattered for hundreds of miles west and east of Lake Baikal, are bound to set their delegate hunters. Thousands of men come together, each one bringing provisions for a whole month. Everyone's share must be equal to all the others and therefore before being put together they are weighed by an elected elder open bracket always with the hand scarce would be a profanation of the old custom close bracket after that the hunters divide into bands of twenty and the parties go hunting according to well-settled plan in such abbas the entire buryat nation revives its epic traditions of a time when it was united in a powerful league let me add that such communal hunts are quite usual with the red indians and the chinese on the banks of the usury open bracket the kader close bracket Open footnote. Nazarov, the North Usury Territory, open bracket, Russian, close bracket, St. Petersburg, 1887, page 65, close footnote. We, the Kabyles, whose manners of life have been so well described by two French explorers, open footnote, Hanoto et Le Tourneux, La Kabylie, three volumes, Paris, 1883, close footnote. We have barbarians still more advanced in agriculture. Their fields irrigated and manured are well attended to, and in the hilly tracks, every available plot of land is cultivated by the spade. The Kabyles have known many vicissitudes in their history. They have followed for some time the Musulman law of inheritance, but being adverse to it, they have returned 150 years ago to the tribal customary law of all. Accordingly, their land tenure is of a mixed character and private property in land exists side by side with communal possession. Still, the basis of their present organization is the village community. The Tadot, which usually consists of several joint families, open bracket, Karubas, close bracket, claiming a community of origin as well as of smaller families of strangers. Several villages are grouped into clans or tribes, open bracket, or close bracket. Several tribes make the confederation, open bracket, Sakabil, close bracket, and several confederations may occasionally enter into a league, chiefly for purposes of armed defense. The Kabis know no authority whatever besides that of the Jema or folk of the village community. All men of age take part in it in the open air or in a special building provided with stone seats and the decisions of the Jema are evidently taken at unanimity. That is, the discussions continue until all present agree to accept or to submit to some decision. There being no authority in a village community to impose a decision, this system has been practiced by mankind wherever there have been village communities and it is practiced still wherever they continue to exist, that is, by several hundred million men all over the world. The Jema nominates its executive, the elder, the scribe, and the treasurer. It accesses its own taxes and it manages the repartition of the common lands as well as all kinds of works of public utility. A great deal of work is done in common. The roads, the mosques, the fountains, the irrigation canals, the towers erected for protection from robbers, the fences, and so on, are built by the village community, while the high roads, the larger mosques, and the great marketplaces are the work of the tribe. Many traces of common culture continue to exist, and the houses continue to be built by or with the aid of all men and women of the village. Altogether, the aids are of daily occurrence and are continually called in for the cultivation of the fields, for harvesting, and so on. As to the skilled work, each community has its blacksmith who enjoys his parts of the communal land and works for the community. When the tilling season approaches, he visits every house and repairs the tools and the ploughs without expecting any pay, while the making of new ploughs is considered as a pious work which can by no means be recompensed in money or by any form of salary. As the Kabyles already have private property, they evidently have both rich and poor among them. But like all people who closely live together and know how poverty begins, they consider it as an accident which may visit everyone. Don't say that you will never wear the beggar's bag. No good to prison is a proverb of the Russian peasants. The Kabyles practice it, and no difference can be detected in the external behavior between rich and poor. When the poor convokes and aid, the rich man works in the, his field, just as the poor man does it reciprocally in his turn. Open footnote. To convoke and aid or be some kind of meal must be offered to the community. I am told by a Caucasian friend that in Georgia, when the poor man wants an aid, he borrows from the rich man a sheep or two to prepare the meal, 
and the community bring in addition to their work so many provisions that he may repay the debt. A similar habit exists with the Mordovians. Moreover, the Jemas set aside certain gardens and fields, sometimes cultivated in common for the use of the poorest members. Many like customs continue to exist. As the poorer families would not be able to buy meat, meat is regularly bought with the money of the fines or the gifts to the Jema or the payments for the use of the communal olive oil basins, and it is distributed in equal parts among those who cannot afford buying meat themselves. And when a sheep or a bullock is killed by a family for its own use on a day which is not a market day, the fact is announced in the streets by the village crier in order that sick people and pregnant women may take of it what they want. Mutual support permeates the life of the cabals, and if one of them during a journey abroad meets with another cabal in need, he is bound to come to his aid, even at the risk of his own fortune and life. If this has not been done, the jema of the man who has suffered from such neglect may lodge a complaint, and the jema of the selfish man will at once make good of the loss. We thus come across a custom which is familiar to the students of the medieval merchant guilds. Every stranger who enters a cabal village has right to housing in the winter, and his horses can always graze on the communal lands for twenty-four hours. But in case of need, he can reckon upon an almost unlimited support. Thus, during the famine of 1867-68, the cabals received and fed everyone who sought refuge in the villages without distinction of origin. In the district of Delis, no less than 12,000 people who came from all parts of Algeria, and even from Morocco, were fed in this way while people died from starvation all over algeria there was not one single case of death due to this cause on Kabylian soil. The Jemas, depriving themselves of necessaries, organize relief without ever asking any aid from the government or uttering the slightest complaint. They considered it as a natural duty. And while among the European settlers all kinds of police measures were taken to prevent thefts and disorder resulting from such an influx of strangers, nothing of the kind was required on the Kabyle's territory. The Jemas needed neither aid nor protection from without. Open footnote, la Kabylie, second, 58. The same respect to strangers is the rule with the Mongols. The Mongol who has refused his roof to a stranger pays the full blood compensation if the stranger has suffered therefrom. Open bracket, Bastien, they immense in their guest kitchen. Third, 231, close footnote. I can only cursorily mention two other most interesting features of Kabyle life, namely the Anaya or protection granted to wells, canals, mosques, marketplaces, some roads, and so on, in case of war, and the Cuffs. In the Anaya, we have a series of institutions, both for diminishing the evils of war and for preventing conflicts. Thus, the marketplace is Anaya, especially if it stands on a frontier and brings cabals and strangers together. No one dares disturb peace in the market, and if a disturbance arises, it is quelled at once by the strangers who have gathered in the market town. The road upon which the women go from the village to the fountain also is Anaya in case of war, and so on. As to the cough, it is a wide spread form of association having some characters of a medieval Bergschaften or Gegilden as well as of societies both for mutual protection and for various purposes intellectual political and emotional which cannot be satisfied by the territorial organization of the village the clan and the confederation the cough knows no territorial limits it recruits its members in various villages even among strangers and it protects them in all possible eventualities of life altogether it is an attempt at supplementing the territorial grouping by an extra territorial grouping intended to give an expression to mutual affinities of all kinds across the frontiers the free international association of individual tastes and ideas which we consider as one of the best features of our own life has thus its origin in barbarian antiquity the mountaineers of Caucasia offer another extremely instructive field for illustrations of the same kind. In studying the present customs of the Ossetes, their joint families and communes, and their judiciary conceptions, Professor Kovalevsky, in a remarkable work on modern custom and ancient law, was enabled step by step to trace the similar dispositions of the old barbarian codes and even to study the origins of feudalism. With other Caucasian stems, we occasionally catch a glimpse into the origin of the village community. In those cases, where it was not tribal but originated from a voluntary union between families of distinct origin. Such was recently the case with some cave saw villages, the inhabitants of which took the oath of community and fraternity. And Kudadov notes on the cave saws in Zapiski of the Caucasian Geographical Society, 14th 1, Tiflis, 1890. 
68, they also took the oath of not marrying girls from their own union, thus displaying a remarkable return to the old Gentile rules. In another part of Caucasus, Dagestan, we see the growth of feudal relations between two tribes, both maintaining at the same time their village communities and even traces of the Gentile classes, close bracket, and thus giving a living illustration of the forms taken by the conquest of Italian Gaul by the barbarians. The victorious race, the Lesgains, who has conquered several Georgian and Tartar villages in the Zakatali district, did not bring them under the dominion of separate families. They constituted a feudal clan which now includes 12,000 households in three villages, once in common no less than 20 Georgian and Tartar villages. The conquerors divided their own land among their clans, and the clans divided it in equal parts among the families, but they did not interfere with the Gemas of their tributaries, which they still practice the habit mentioned by Julius Caesar. Namely, the Gema decides each year which part of the communal territory must be cultivated, and this land is divided into as many parts as there are families, and the parts are distributed by lot. It is worthy of note that although proletarians are of common occurrence among the less gains, open brackets, who live under a system of private property in land and common ownership of serf. Footnote, DM Bakrat's notes on the Zakatali district in Same Zapiski, 14th 1, page 264. The joint team is as common among the less gains as it is among the Ossetes. Close footnote. With bracket. They are rare among the Georgian serfs who continue to hold their land in common. As to the customary law of the Caucasian maintainers, it is much the same as that of the Longobards or Salic Franks, and several of its dispositions explain a good deal the judicial procedure of the barbarians of all. Being of a very impressionable character, they do their best to prevent quarrels from taking a fatal issue. So with the cave swords, the swords are very soon drawn when a quarrel breaks out. But if a woman rushes out and throws among them the piece of linen which she wears on her head, the swords are at once returned to their sheaths, and the quarrel is appeased. The headdress of the women is anaya. If a quarrel has not been stopped in time and has ended in murder, the compensation money is so considerable that the aggressor is entirely ruined for his life, unless he is adopted by the wrong family, and if he has resorted to his sword in a trifling quarrel and has inflicted wounds, he loses forever the consideration of his kin. In all disputes, mediators take the matter in hand. They select from among the members of the clan the judges, six in smaller affairs, and from ten to fifteen in more serious matters, and Russian observers testify to the absolute incorruptibility of the judges. An oath has such a significance that men enjoying general esteem are dispensed from taking it. A simple affirmation is quite sufficient. The more so as in grave affairs, the cave soon never hesitates to recognize his guilt. Open bracket. I mean, of course, the caves who untouched yet by civilization. Close bracket. The oath is chiefly reserved for such cases, like disputes about property, which require some sort of appreciation in addition to a simple statement of facts. And in such cases, the men whose affirmation will decide in the dispute act with the greatest circumspection. Altogether, it is certainly not a want of honesty or of respect to the rights of the congeners, which characterizes the barbarian society of Caucasus. The stems of Africa offer such an immense variety of extremely interesting societies, standing at all intermediate stages from the early village community to the despotic barbarian monarchies that I must abandon the idea of giving here even the chief results of a comparative study of their institutions. Open footnote. See post-Africanist jurisprudence, Oldenburg, 1887, Munzinger, Weber, und Sitten der Bogus, Winter 4, 1859, Casalis, Le Basutus, Paris, 1859, Macklin, Laws and customs, Mount Cook, 1858, etc. Close footnote. Suffice it to say that even under the most horrid despotism of kings, the folk modes of the village communities and their customary law remain sovereign in a wide circle of affairs. The law of the state allows the king to take anyone's life for a simple caprice or even for simply satisfying his gluttony. But the customary law of the people continues to maintain the same network of institutions for mutual support which exists among other barbarians or have existed among our ancestors and with some better favoured stems in open bracket in bo 
Bornu, Uganda, Abyssinia, Kuzbaket, and especially the Bogos, some of the dispositions of the customary law are inspired with really graceful and delicate feelings. The village communities of the natives of both Americas have the same character. The Tupi of Brazil were found living in long houses occupied by hooklands which used to cultivate their corn and manioc fields in common. The Arani, much more advanced in civilization, used to cultivate their fields in common. So also the Ukagas, who had learned under their system of primitive communism and long houses to build good roads and to carry on a variety of domestic industries open footnote weights third four hundred and twenty three sequence close footnote not inferior to those of the early medieval times in europe all of them were also living under the same customary law of which we have given specimens on the preceding pages at another extremity of the world we find the malian feudalism but this feudalism has been powerless to unroot the negaria or village community with its common ownership of at least part of the land and the redistribution of land among the several negarias of the tribe open footnote post Zu and Winklungenskeitsch, this familian race, Oldenburg, 1889, pages 270, sequence. Close footnote. With the Alphuris of Minahaza, we find the communal rotation of the crops. With the Indian steppe of the Wiandots, we have the periodical redistribution of land within the tribe and the clan culture of the soil and in all those parts of sumatra where muslim institutions have not yet totally destroyed the old organization we find the joint family open bracket suka close bracket and the village community open bracket kota close bracket which maintains its right upon the land even if part of it has been cleared without its authorization but footnote powell annual report of the bureau of ethnography washington 1881 quoted in post student page 290 bastions in cell group and in oceanian 1883 page 88 close footnote but to say this is to say that all customs for mutual protection and prevention of foods and wars which have been briefly indicated in the preceding pages as characteristic of a village community exist as well more than that the more fully the communal possession of land has been maintained the better and the gentler of the habits thus to positively affirms that wherever the institution of a village community has been less encroached upon by the conquerors the inequalities of fortunes are smaller and the very prescriptions of the lex talionis are less cruel while on the contrary wherever the village community has been totally broken up the inhabitants suffer the most unbearable oppression from their despotic rulers open footnote the stewards quoted by weights fifth one hundred and forty one close footnote this is quite natural and when weights made the remark that those terms which have maintained the tribal confederations stand on a higher level of development and have a richer literature than those attempts which have forfeited the old bonds of union he only pointed out what might have been foretold in advance more illustrations would simply involve me in tedious repetitions so strikingly similar are the barbarian societies under all climates and amidst all races the same process of evolution has been going on in mankind with a wonderful similarity when the clan organization assailed as it was from within by the separate family and from without by the dismemberment of the migrating clans and the necessity of taking in strangers of different descent the village community based upon a territorial conception came into existence this new institution which had naturally grown out of a preceding one the clan permitted the barbarians to pass through a most disturbed period of history without being broken into isolated families which would have succumbed in the struggle for life new forms of culture developed under the new organization agriculture attained the stage which it hardly has surpassed until now with a great number but domestic industries reached a high degree of perfection the wilderness was conquered it was intersected by roads dotted with swamps thrown off by the mother communities markets and fortified centers as well as places of public worship were erected the conceptions of a wider union extended to whole stems and to several stems of various origin were slowly elaborated the old conceptions of justice which were conceptions of mere revenge slowly underwent a deep modification the idea of amends for the wrong done taking the place of revenge the customary law which still makes the law of the daily life for two-thirds or more of mankind was elaborated under that organization as well as a system of habits intended to prevent the oppression of the masses by the minorities whose powers grew in proportion to the growing facilities for private accumulation of wealth this was the new form taken by the tendencies of the masses for mutual support and the progress economical intellectual and moral which mankind accomplished under this new popular form of organization 
were so great that the states when they were called later on into existence simply took possession in the interest of the minorities of all the judicial economical and administrative functions which the village community already had exercised in the interest of all End of chapter four recording by Enco.